Hey there, DC Comics fans, DC Comics news fans, fans of comics, fans of podcasts, fans of, well, people talking. Whatever your reason for stopping in, you've arrived at a very special edition of the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. We are not going over a bunch of topics coming out to you, either in movies, TV, streaming, comics, and other, because fandom happened yesterday. Our brains are still buzzing. We're doing our best to get it all down, and thankfully, I, your host, Seth Singleton, am not alone. I am here with the amazing Mr. Brad Flickley. Brad, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good. Nice. Man, thanks for being here. I am all over the place. It seems like I can barely turn my head to catch my breath, and I'm getting flashes of images from Fandom. How many hours were you live streaming with our DC editor-in-chief, Mr. Josh Rayner, yesterday? Oh, man, a good portion of it. Um, <laughs> I, I watched the whole thing. There were some times where I had to, I had to step off as something, you know, quick bite to eat here and there um but yeah i i was on a good portion of the time i want to say uh, maybe uh, five six hours of it i mean i could be off but somewhere around there i i know this much folks to give you a frame of reference i hopped on for like an hour and a half almost two hours brad was on before i got on and he was on when i got off and <laughs> I think I caught up on a couple <laughs> messages where, yeah, you popped off and then you hopped back on and Kelly popped on and off. And sounds like you guys were the three of you were really our staples and our uh, kind of consistent commentary. Guys, if you get a chance, keep an eye out for links. Follow us on social media channels. It should be on our YouTube now. We've got three parts to it. And it was live conversation during all the panel stuff. Um, Brad, did you start with the first one? Um because I know, you know, just to keep in mind, too, we also had the late developing news that it split from being a 24-hour event into actually a two-day event with Encore still going on into Sunday, but that the second day is going to be in September. Yeah. Yeah, and keeping all that uh, in mind, so we had a lot of panels still started yesterday, which were you in on the first one, or tell me how your, your day yeah, was Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I started right from the beginning. I, I, maybe I got in like a minute or so uh, into the Wonder Woman panel. I, I uh, was having an issue just loading the video, but it, it loaded uh, pretty quick early into the panel uh, with this one. So I, I did start with the Wonder Woman 1984 panel. And we did a little live stream, you know, a few days before uh, the event. And one of the things that I wanted to see from this panel was I wanted to see a reveal of Cheetah. And in the second trailer that they debuted, we did get to see that. So I was very happy uh, to see that. And what was that like uh, that just to describe it for anyone who still hasn't seen it? Cause some of this stuff is still exclusive to people who are watching it on fandom. If you weren't watching, it's not like it's out there somewhere else yet. You know, it, it, this is where you got a chance to see a peek of it. So Brad, your eyes and ears. Yeah, uh, it, she looks good. She's got the tail. She was jumping. Um, and I think even beyond the footage we actually saw of Cheetah, I mean, that was only split seconds, you know, in, in the trailer. So you, you you got a feel for it. You saw her, but it was quick, you know, like quick cuts. But we got to see a little more on the trailer of Kristen Week's character itself 
who hasn't turned into the cheetah yet. And uh, she makes a pretty convincing, fragile villain, I think. Uh, I, I think that her performance might uh, might surprise people. So, and, and at the end of the day, the trailer just really made me just as excited as I had been, if not more, to see uh, see this movie. And I, you know, I'm just hoping hoping that we do get to see it on the big screen with the way COVID is is still around. So, fingers crossed on that. But yeah, this this trailer really increased my excitement. And yeah, it it, it was due to see exactly what she'd look like. It was it was time. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, again, that's another one, folks, if you if you want to get a chance of, of what the preview sort of atmosphere was like. Uh, Josh Rayner, Kelly Gaines, Brad Flicky. Was was Kendra able to hop on with you guys or was it just? No, not okay. at least not when I was on. OK. So, yeah, you guys got a chance to hop on prior to Fandom and just sort of talk about some of those late developing, you know, uh, bits of information, you know, splitting it up, um, all the sort of, you know, late breaking news that was coming out. That must have been a, a great teaser, you know, and then going into the panel, were your questions answered all? I mean, Kristen Wiig was one. Were there any other things you were hoping to see? from Wonder Woman 1984 during this panel that you either A, did get to see, or B, didn't get to see? Uh, one thing I really liked about the panel, that, and this this is something that, yeah, that it might be hard to actually find online at the moment, is uh, that Linda Carter showed up as a special member to talk. Um, and That's just, legendary. <laughs> yeah, had great, yeah, she just had such amazing things to say about uh, about Gal and, and the new the new vision of Wonder Woman and praise upon praise upon Patty Jenkins for the movie. So that was that was really really nice to see. And there was just a, you know and we talked on the podcast I think it was last week about how the cast was so close and got together so well. This panel really really showed that uh, it's had such nice things to say about each other and that was really nice to see. Man, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I love you know uh, getting the chance to to see Linda Carter. I, I I got a chance to hop on a little bit later with you guys, but we'll get to that when we get to actually panels I can contribute to. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 sounds like one trailer that was great. A second one that gave us a little bit more about Cheetah pre her change and. Any final thoughts or surprises, feelings, anything like that before we move on to the next panel, Brad? I would say just try to watch that trailer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that because I, I don't want to give too too much away from the trailer, but the, the you know the the combat scene we do see between Wonder Woman and Cheetah look pretty epic. Ooh, so, so okay. check that out. Nice, that's a good one to look forward to. Well, folks, you you're, you're hearing it from you know the man who is there to catch it himself. Uh, one of the bonuses of having someone on the ground and uh, able to get back to us with some some insights. But if you want to catch it all, like I said, you can find that on YouTube. You can see it all. Uh, keep an eye out. Follow us. You're, you're going to want to catch it. And Brad, what was the next panel after that, my friend? Uh, the next panel was the, ga- the uh, Montreal game announcement of Gotham Knights. Oh. Okay. And which, tell me your thoughts on that. Now, this... I got more than I was expecting. I did not expect there to be an actual gameplay 
um, trailer, and there was. We both got the cinematic trailer that kind of highlights the story. It looks like Bruce Wayne uh, is dead, and uh, uh, Red Hood, Robin, Nightwing, and Batgirl have to kind of step up and fight for Gotham in the absence of Bruce Wayne. Uh, and one thing that is cool is like there were there had been rumors swarming that this was going to involve the Court of Owls, and in the cinematic trailer that was confirmed. Ooh. We do see some some of the Court of Owls, so that is also something to look forward to. Now uh, the gameplay trailer was really cool for me too because it does look like it highlights that same kind of game gameplay from the Arkham game that they worked on. So, and I love that gameplay. So that just made me, uh, you know, very excited uh, for this. It, it, the 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 gameplay that we saw was uh, like a, a place captured by Mr. Freeze. So there was a lot of ice and and things like that. So, and it said it was in a pre beta pre beta game build, which means that it hasn't even been really released for game reviewers or anything like that so it's not even in beta let alone alpha yet so and it looked great so that even means we're going to even have better footage soon when it gets closer to release and it looks like it's going to get a release in uh 2021 so that's something to look forward to on the new uh, on the new consoles i know i'll try to be there as soon as it comes out <laughs> i got faith in you buddy i got faith in you can yeah. you know keep us in there let us know what's going on. Um, any surprises from that game? Any, you know, I mean, it sounds like you well, enjoyed the fact that it's got some consistency carrying over from what we've seen before, you know, gameplay-wise. Um, but anything that we, you went, what? Um, hmm, when I say surprised, I, you know, for me personally, I don't know if it was because I didn't know what to expect. Uh, sometimes I don't put a lot of uh, weight into rumors so it was kind of when rumors become confirmed it's kind of like oh okay cool that's a little surprising uh so when the court of owls was revealed i was like oh okay so that turned out to be a, a correct rumor that's so yeah i wouldn't say surprised but more like uh pleasant confirmations of what the story is going to be nice and I, okay. and I guess well and i guess the absence of batman too would have kind of been a surprise but uh that name had kind of been leaked so i was kind of figuring it would be more than just just batman so i guess that could have been considered a surprise as well okay yeah i i i'm gonna be honest that was kind of a surprise for me like i hadn't heard any teaser leak so i was like oh oh interesting so they're gonna do a <laughs> they're gonna do a he's gone what did the rest of us do story which i think is a, a really fun concept because you still have the legacy hanging over and then you always still have the question of is he really gone? Like right, and that's what I think is going to. If, if I was if I was a betting man, I'd put money <laughs> on the fact that at some point in that game, Batman comes back at least for the last maybe third, and for that last third, you play as Batman. So I, that that would not surprise me. Yeah, that would be a smart development. Like I was I was thinking you were going to say at some point in the game you realize that Batman is still alive and <laughs> that becomes part of it, but you were like, "No, no, no. At some point you get Batman back and you're playing as Batman," which I love. That's a great <laughs> Um man, so uh you know, just looking over the list of panels and keeping in mind, you know, how much was going on, you we went from that into Sandman Universe, which I got to hop on, I think for like at least the last 20 minutes of it. Um, 
I was also having fun with the fact that I found out my browser I tried to open it in didn't work. And they're like, don't use this browser. Try these. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> let's let's yeah. see if this. So I finally got in there. Sandman was a really fun panel. Um, tell us about how it, it started off, because that's clearly the part I missed. So by us, I mean well, me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it. it- it started off, you know, with uh, with Neil and just kind of talking about the legacy of Sandman, how it's been a long, you know, around for so year, uh, so many years, and it's kind of an anniversary. I think it was thirty years now. Uh, not entirely, but I think it was thirty. Careful, you're gonna make us old if you're not. <laughs> Eighty-six, or maybe forty. Yeah, but but anyway, but it was a it was a big celebration of what the Sandman was and what the Sandman you know, means to people making a point to bring the fact that these books have been out for so long and they've never been out of print. That's how popular they are and, and the mm-hmm. legacy that these books have. Now, for me, the only thing that was kind of, um, I, I don't use the word disappointing, but let's just say, uh, I wanted like, I wanted some kind of announcement of something new happening and we, we didn't get that. We, we had interviews with uh, the director of the Audible series and uh, highlighting on on the cast, and uh, uh, it, it was really cool that you know the, these people that were participating were such big fans of Sandman as well. A lot of the cast, uh, and that that helps so much. And if you haven't checked out the Audible, watch you know if you can watch this panel and you'll want to check it out um but that was that was the only kind of drawback from this panel was that there wasn't really any any new announcements but it was it was a great celebration of of the legacy of sandman and kind of where it is now yeah that was probably the part that i picked up on the most when i when i tuned in and i just wondered wow did i did i miss any sort of preface to this but it really felt like there was just this overall recognition on the part of everybody involved that we love this. We've read this. We know of this. Whenever we came to know of it, we realized we wanted something to do with it. And now all of us are these basically fans who get to be a part of it, which is a pretty impressive thing to hear. I can only imagine for Neil Gaiman, who uh, I think it was one of our listeners during the live stream said, man, I could listen to this guy read the encyclopedia and I'd be just fine, um, <laughs> which I thought was a, a lovely uh, compliment. Um, I also did note the fact that it seemed like most of what we were hearing about was things that we'd already known about, whether it was the audiobook um, or the upcoming Netflix series. I mean, I did enjoy the collaborative process stuff. I really liked that we got a chance through some of the questions to hear from Neil say like, hey, the reason this is what it is is because I didn't think it was going to last. So I just tried yeah. to, you know, pull it all yeah. together. And that was a really interesting insight to get from and it's kind of funny because sometimes, you know, I, I like that part of the Sandman better when he was not sure it was going to last and when he was just kind of seeing what he could do and and um, didn't really have his sea legs about it quite yet. He wasn't sure where the story was going. That was some of the, you know, the the better moments in the series, I think. So that was kind of interesting. And, you know, I wish, you know, had COVID not happened, not only would we be having actual in-person um, Comic-Cons, but this production of the show would be further ahead and we'd have more news. Um, I, I do like the fact that he talked about the stuff that he can't say yet. So it's further ahead <laughs> than we may know, but so at least, at least that's, that's happening, even though we can't talk about it yet, but I am really curious about, um, it would have been nice to hear about the cast. 
Yeah, I think it would have been. I mean, I, I did like the fact that we got to see uh, someone who has appeared in one of his other works from Good Omens. Uh, Michael, last name totally escaping me. Um, she, I believe. Yes. Thank you. Um, and and the chance because I was like in my head, I was like, no, Martin, Charlie, Mike. No, that can't be. It can't be. She go. Go. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that. But I, I love the fact that we did get to, you know, get a little bit of sense of, of what the experience is like being an actor on one of his projects. But other than that, yeah, I, there was a part of me that was like, you're, you're telling us a lot of stuff, but it's more inside baseball about stuff we already know. It'd be great if we were getting something we hadn't heard yet, just something. And maybe it really is just what you pointed out. You know, the fact that we did find out that some things are a little further along that can't be talked about. They're not far enough along that we're getting any kind of a trailer or teaser or clip, but they are farther along than one might imagine uh, if they could talk about it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I guess we can hope for, you know, something on the horizon. Um, final thoughts on Sandman before we move into the next panel that we got a chance to catch just I can't wait for more information on the <laughs> Netflix series. And I hope that even though we've been in a period of, of some of those books being canceled, that I hope that um, they'll continue in some form with the Sandman universe. Agreed. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the fact that gradually there could be a chance for things to, you know, begin to resume, whatever that looks like when it does. Uh the next panel up was the multiverse panel, and that was kind of interesting because looking back on it, I can see how the emphasis really appeared to be on the multiverse 101 part of this panel, because you later mentioned as they were going over it, like, OK, uh, a lot of us know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is this is not, you know, new information. Um Overall, any takeaways from that that panel that, you know, uh, would be important given how much you already know about the multiverse? Um, I, uh, you know, I when we were doing the live stream, I said this is a good panel to clarify people who may not be familiar with the comics and just kind of new to D.C. Mm. And it's just and I, I think that that's still true. But I think that also in general, it can just very simply and tightly pull everything together the comics the tv shows and uh, and movies and movies that exist in different universes if you will like joker and the new batman movie coming out um it's just very clean say hey look it's alternate universe but it's all part of the same thing you know and it's it's um you know, DC does not get enough credit for kind of coming up with the term multiverse because mm. I don't remember ever hearing it before Crisis on Infinite Earth. So, you know, and and I think that, you know, once, you know, if you look into science, there's scientific theories of multiple universes. And I, I think that they kind of took the name from kind of what DC set up. So I think it was kind of <laughs> cool that DC kind of comes up and owns that concept to, um, you know, like a whole company wide branding thing so yeah i think it might and and in the end it does clarify things for people who are kind of new to the whole dc universe i i agreed with that and man i I can't help but echo the fact that it 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 is one of those things that is 
singular and specific to DC Comics, that they introduced that idea. And they've done so in such a way to make it such a part of their foundation compared to any other, you know, comics line out there uh, or universe. And I I did sort of enjoy looking at this as, okay, what are they going to show us and why would they be showing it to us? Right. Because you have an opportunity to talk about almost any aspects Mm -hmm. of the multiverse. So when they were showing us images, I was trying to look into whether or not these were mm, hints at what they were considering for upcoming projects. Like, you know, there's been plenty of conversation about uh, Michael B. Jordan taking up um, a Superman role, whether it would be uh, Calvin Ellis or another version. Um, So when they showed an image of that, I was like, oh, okay, is that something we could be looking forward to? And that they made a point of, you know, introducing uh, the early roots with the Flash, which I felt was maybe a setup for later the Flash panel and how much they've been talking about. They want to get this idea in people's heads that in comics, Flash through Flashpoint was able to, you know, sort of uh, unlock a lot of the pieces of the multiverse again that not everybody knows about like that's one of the things heroes might exist within it but that doesn't mean that they have this awareness of it and that's probably an important component so i was looking at some things like that and just sort of curious why they chose key elements of the multiverse to Mm -hmm. talk about Mm because they've only got so much time and dude we, we, we could spend like six hours talking about the multiverse and still be like let's get a break Get back at it. You know what I mean? They had 30 minutes. So I was interested in what they wanted to choose to focus on and make sure the audience, if this is their 101, what they want them to know about, because it's going to prepare them for whatever's coming. Um, Trying to think if there were any other images from it that really stuck out for me between uh, the the Flash comic moment as well as uh, Calvin Ellis and... Yeah, I think that might have been it. But um, I I do like what you were talking about as well, that, you know, it sort of clarifies what this concept is, what it means to longtime comic fans, what it can mean for new fans, and also what it can mean for the movies that it looks like are going to be talking about this. Like, (laughs) we want to make sure everybody knows about it, because the stuff you're going to be watching, this is what it's going to be based on. So I thought that was a interesting take final thoughts before we move into my my sort of like where i sort of lost my um composure no i think, panel. <laughs> no, I, think uh, I think that's good i think um yeah, yeah. I, I yeah i i um i do i you know i you brought up those images and i i do agree that that could be hints but with kind of the shakeup that's going on in dc i just don't know how much they're in the position to talk about things because things, those kind of things might have to change, Mm -hmm. but I I would love to see a uh, Michael P. Jordan Superman movie for sure. So hopefully that is something that, that we'll be able to talk about later on down the line. Yeah. I was even wondering if they were just sort of showing what possibilities, you know what I mean? Like we might not even do this right away, but we're thinking about it. And if fan response, you know, so often I feel like what the response is to things is so much a part of how heavily they lean one way or the other. You know, it's like they get to the the point where it's tipping point, and then they're like, okay, let's see if the wind pushes. <laughs> and if it does, we know, you know, um, shifting right into, because there's plenty of panels, and um, I'm lucky enough to, to grab Brad and steal this much time from him. We jumped into the flash panel, which I thought was a lot of fun for me. 
I thought Ezra was hilarious. I loved his introduction of like flashbacks and also how we got a chance to see a little bit about the, the costume pipe. What was what were you, your big takeaways from the uh, flash panel, Brad? Yeah, I I'm just glad to see that this is still moving forward because it was it has been back and forth for so long. So it's nice to see concrete things happening. And I did I like the drawing he showed of the new costume and it's like they're in a position where they can't really show much but i think that they maximized their time and what they could show and talk about and you're right ezra was uh, ezra was was hilarious so yeah it was <laughs> yeah. it wasn't a lot but it was it was good it was it was enough to um you know keep me excited i was really pleased i i felt like his presence was perfect in fact that's the one thing i'm always amazed by is i i i can't wait to see more of him on screen because when he is on screen he steals it like i felt like every time he popped on i was like yes you've got my full attention um and that's that's a pretty awesome power to have and i think it's something you really want to look for uh an actor who's going to be playing a leading role and leading a flash movie that's got a lot of weight on it he seemed like he was comfortable confident and really enjoying himself and between that and a director who expressed a lot of that same vibe i, I can agree with you brad there's there was that great feeling of like this is moving forward there's no hesitation certainty uncertainty or hedging of any kind it's like this is what we're doing things slowed down this is what we will be doing this is the costume like these are things we're working on if it wasn't for the current situation we'd have more to show you and i thought that was a pretty cool oh and i love the fact that we got a chance to hear from the screenwriter that was a big one for me yeah Um, her insights into the story and the way that they responded to the concept of her first draft was really exciting to hear yeah yeah that's true yeah i forgot about that whole first draft thing yeah yeah, um, I'm always impressed when you hear that about a screenwriter and a script, where it's like they've already got the energy now and the you know the desire and, and the focus. Now we just have to fine tune some parts. But man, huge stuff in the flash panel. So as to show a bit of restraint, uh, without going too much further, because between the flashbacks and everything else, it, it could be way too much fun. Brad, any? Uh, other points thoughts that stood out for you about this one because i know we have plenty to get to and there's a big one at the end that i really want to make sure we save time for uh no i think i think that sums it up okay okay so we moved from uh the introducing flash into the uh quick little batman beyond (laughs) or beyond batman (laughs) yeah (laughs) now this was a fun one for me because they took two pieces of pop culture separated by decades and made it a fun experience reminiscent of a popular comedy central television show what do you think brad yeah the the mystery science theater was strong with this little with this little clip (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's and it was a fun little that's what these kind of like these little five minute videos were fun for us to kind of keep it moving along and uh this one did that great i mean i was laughing the whole time yeah and it there was... reminded me why i like mystery science theater <laughs> <laughs> i think the only thing that was missing was having bruce and terry as like shadow silhouettes watching because essentially for anyone who hadn't had a chance to see it yet it was a streamed broadcast communication of Batman 1966, the television show with Adam West and uh, all live action and a Joker who is hilarious 
with uh, the communication intercepted in the future by Bruce and Terry from Batman Beyond, and they decide to watch it and give Mystery Science Theater level commentary, which was just absolutely hilarious, as Brad pointed out. It was it was a perfect little break to everything that had been going on. And I think it was a great little tension easer. If you needed to run to the bathroom, this was your moment. You probably didn't want to because you were laughing too hard. And it moved us right into the, the silly zany that we got a chance to experience with the Suicide Squad panel. I thought that was a great one. I love the game show, the, you know... Um, the Brady Bunch sort of feel of the the thing also maybe a little bit like a CNN election sort of like 18 screens. It was pretty cool. What do you think of the Suicide Squad panel? It's amazing that they got everybody to <laughs> participate. And it's so finally we get to know who's who really. Now, uh, TDK, Nathan Fillion's character. Now, is that from what I can understand, that was a new character for the movie? Clear as I can, I I didn't have any yeah. recognition. That's what that. I was. Yeah, I didn't either. So, but yeah, the the the, the characters that are going to be in it are going to be so much fun. Uh, and that that behind the scenes clip that they showed looks completely. When we got a little bit of that footage, just looks completely uh, insane. Um, I love James Gunn, so I can't wait to see what he does. <laughs> And one thing that struck me is he said, this is the biggest movie I ever made, which is insane can you, when you consider how big the Guardians of the Galaxy movies were. I mean, those were huge movies. So that this could be bigger is pretty monumental. And they compared it to uh, a big 70s war movie with James Gunn's humor. Um, so that should be that should be a lot of fun. So. Yeah, man, this is this is going to be uh, it has the potential to be incredible. The action sequences were amazing. That war reference was really uh, clear from the images they showed us just with the yeah. explosions and the terrain. Um, and I, I, I love the fact that that they made a reference to the Ostrander run that there was a lot of excitement behind that and also how he felt there was like an energy from it that he wanted to capture as well. Um, I love that the actors were saying things like don't get too attached, which is something we've been hearing from the very beginning of the announcement of this project, that this is going to feature a lot of great characters and a lot of them going out in either great or however else ways. Um, the combination was so much, there was a few surprises for me, Javelin, who I remember from mm -hmm. Suicide Squad, but in this appearance does not appear anything like I am used to seeing. Uh, Weasel yeah. looked hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Great, <laughs> and the way everyone describes it. Yeah. For Sean exactly. Gunn to play. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, what you were saying about the budget, like he said, look, I got the, I think he said he got the special effects guys from um, the Marvel movies. And he's like, great movies. Love the movies. But all the special effects we have in this one movie is more than anything that all of those movies combined. And I sort of went, is it, what? Is it, and yeah. What? And considering the fact that that all takes place on earth, guardians of the galaxy takes place completely, you know, in space. So the fact that that could be bigger, it's just, wow. <laughs> exactly. I mean, on the scale and scope that they were dealing with, with some of the, and <laughs> it's pretty awesome to conceive. Um, 
man, what a great Suicide Squad panel. I love the game show stuff that they were doing. I love the team picking. I like the Rick Flag and some of the characters that are returning have a different look to them and a different feel. Uh, the yellow shirt, the, the even his stance, like he didn't have that sort of broken, I'm just trying to get through this where I felt from the first movie. This was much more head up, chest out, bravado. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, yeah, uh, and I, I really like the little, you know, where they did kind of like character introductions, that little video clip mm-hmm. of who was playing who, those little like, Almost character logos that they popped up were really, I really loved all of those as well. Yeah, those were Speaking just in that, great. And those also seemed a little different than kind of what they were with those same characters like Flag and Harley Quinn and things like that. It kind of gave them a new feel, too, I think. Yeah, um, I, I know we're tight on time, so I'm going to start popping through a couple of these and, and get to some of the. What did you think of the uh, BAWSE uh, females of color within? I love this panel. Uh, there was, you know, we're at a time where this message needs to get out and this message has been getting out the inclusivity. Uh, but there was so much vitality and love in this panel. These people love not only the characters they're playing, but the opportunity to get those positive messages across. And they take the rep- the idea of representation seriously and they're placing that very seriously. And it was just really really great to hear them talk and examine that yeah i was by this point i had hopped off the live feed i was doing some audio while i was working on projects feeding dogs fun things like that so brad for most of these i'm just going to rapid fire with you because i know you've got the insight you were there big points to take away uh big moments or anything else like that for the next panel legacy of the bat and oh, back to your other comments. Yes, I thought the uh, BAWSC was a great panel, great example. All the reasons you pointed out. Don't want to just fly by that without saying yeah. that. And and I agree that the message is getting out there. And this was a great panel to do it. Back to Legacy of the Bat. Final or big thoughts. Uh, you know this. My, there was a lot of Batman, and gotcha. you know, which is you, I'm talking about the whole <laughs> fandom thing, which. Right, I'm with you. <laughs> the, how powerful and loved that character is, and not there was hardly any mention of Superman. So uh, this was just like there was no legacy of Superman. But um, but yeah, I mean, Batman's a pretty fascinating character and uh, has a popularity that's not going anywhere, especially as you know as we'll see later on in in fandom for sure. Gotcha. What about Chris Daughtry's performance that followed? Uh, uh, Whatever. Um, Good for him. Um, But I did find it funny that he had a big Deadpool statue behind him that he had dressed up as Batman, which I found (laughs) really funny. (laughs) I wasn't on, but I heard about it. So I wanted to. I love the fact that you brought that up. <laughs> How about the Joker put on a happy face that followed? Yeah, this this was just a quick ad for that for the movie that's free on iTunes now. So if you haven't, go and download it and watch it. It's only about a half hour long, but it's it does um, it really examines the whole history of the character from the beginning through Joaquin Phoenix. So uh, great interviews, uh, you know, and, and very kind of exhaustive. It, it really doesn't leave a whole lot of stones left unturned. So definitely check that out. Nice. And then we had a couple of quick short panels, Jim Lee portfolio review, surprise DC comics panel, and I am the Batman or I'm Batman. The voice is behind thoughts on these three. Uh, you know, I, 
it was cool to, for Jim Lee to do to uh, to hear him talk from you know because he's he's such a great uh, great artist and from his perspective and it helped me see things that I didn't wouldn't have normally seen uh, especially his focus on lighting and where light falls and and it was it was very enlightening even though nice. I'm not an artist it it just helps me appreciate and look at the art uh, in in a different way and. Um, and the, um, the the voices behind the cowl was kind of interesting because you don't really think in terms of how in a deadlit language things have to be inflected different and approach mm. a little differently. And it was kind of interesting to hear them all talk about how they approach Batman uh, uh, differently. And it, it's I, I've never really seen a panel like that before where we get these. Um, these kind of perspective from different language speakers and how they have to dub over Batman. So that was kind of, that was kind of enlightening uh, as well. Uh, and the surprise panel for me was huge. We found yes, out and that, that was, Miles Stone is back. Yeah. And that <laughs> broke, that broke the internet. And I wanted to spend at least a little more time Please on do. the other two, but um, that was, if there was ever a moment for Milestone to come back, this is that moment. And I think the audience is ready. The culture is ready. We we need Milestone back. And I like that uh, uh, Reggie Howland, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name right, uh, okay. he's he's involved in it. Uh, I like the work that he did on Black Panther. And he, he mentioned the panel that he didn't get a chance to, you know, they asked him the first time and he didn't do it. And he kind of always wished he had. Now's his chance. And he is a great talent. So this is going to be great to have it back. And not only are we having the comic books back, but they are going to try to expand it, you know, more into uh, TV and film, hopefully. So hopefully this will be the beginning of a, uh, a long history and a lot of great content coming from Milestone. I'm with you. I mean, I remember watching the sci-fi show Mantis, which I really hoped was going to take off, and it didn't. That featured a really fun black uh, superhero uh, that was like mid-late 90s, uh, Carl Lumley, I think. Um, and for me, Milestone was such so much fun with like hardware, fighting a fight from the inside, Icon, like a totally different take on Superman with Icon and Rocket, Blood Syndicate, which like was such an introduction for me as a kid to like this whole gang idea, but with superpowers and so many other possibilities, static shock, multimedia. Um, I know there's so many more panels. I tell you what, for these final couple of minutes, we're just going to jump to the two or a couple of the biggest announcements. One, an announcement, um, you know, about the fact that there will be a new Batman that's going to be written by Mr. Ridley. Um, I feel like we'd already had a sense of that beforehand, but that this was kind of confirmed with uh, the recent yes, panel. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Um, that's true. Yeah. Then we had the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Thoughts on that one? Four hours long. That that <laughs> was that is crazy. Uh, and the trailer was, you know, the the trailer was interesting too. Although um, the trailer made me want to go back and watch the original again, just for me to to remember and kind of get the. Uh, a, a picture of what was new and what wasn't in that uh, in that trailer, but four hours. It's going to be basically you can watch it as one if you want, or you can break it up into four parts. So that is crazy that it's going to be that long. So get ready, fans, because that's going to be a whole lot of Justice League. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
And then we had our biggest uh, biggest moment, which was safe for the end there. Um, I mean, granted, I know there was the Suicide Squad game, Kill the Justice League panel, there was Shazam, Tomorrow Superheroes. But the, the one that really, I think, kind of stole the show was when we finally got a chance to see the Batman panel and the final couple minutes of that. Thoughts on what we finally got a chance to get a glimpse of with Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves, the Batman. Oh, man, that was uh, that, that trailer was incredible um you know i you know i kind of got like granted we saw a lot more footage but um if you remember the very first teaser trailer that we wasn't even really a trailer it was a teaser for dark knight <clears throat> was like a, a bad symbol and with just voiceovers the the some people just want to watch the world burn speech and Joker saying, um, you know, tonight people will die. I'm a man of my word. And that's all we <laughs> saw. And little did we know what we were in for with such a force of nature that was the Joker in that movie. And with the voiceover on this trailer with the Riddler's riddle about, uh, you know, if you're justice, please don't lie. Uh, what do you uh, what's the price for your blind eye? And that whole thing kind of gave me that sense of maybe we're going to get a Riddler that is just as powerful as as the Joker was in that. And that and and what makes a Batman story for me is the villains. So I I loved that little part and I kind of got flashbacks from that teaser trailer from that. And I can't believe that they are only the quarter of the way finished or something like that they said at the end of the panel and they had that much great footage to show you got some <laughs> selena kyle uh selena kyle breaking into a safe i mean there's so much there the use of the nirvana song was perfect um and i just i i also love that scene where batman punches down the guy and he says who are you supposed to be and you're expecting him to say i'm batman but he says i am vengeance and that was just like a uh moment. <laughs> um yeah that that yeah, man, I cannot wait. Yeah, that 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 face down with the uh, face off with the uh, Joker gang and the fact yeah, that, that when he, he they were he Joker beat gangs, him up, yeah, it was another thing. Yeah. yeah, when he beats him, when he beats that one guy up, it wasn't stylized. It was like fifteen straight yeah. punches to the head, followed by get him on the ground and start thumping him a lot. And I'm like, this yeah. seems very just like rage induced and and that anger. When he looks up and he's like, I'm vengeance, really came through. Um, I was intrigued, too, about when we get a couple glimpses of him as Bruce Wayne, because I wondered if this is a younger, you know, we know this is a younger Bruce Wayne. What what sort of like we can take away from that moment with the car crashing through and him rescuing someone. Um, clearly, he's a man of action as Bruce Wayne, as we've come to know him as well, caper cowl or not. But um, the moments we saw him in the costume were probably the ones that he's going to be most judged by. And I thought those were solid moments. I thought everything else, the Riddler, I, I liked the concept. And I loved what Matt Reeves set up beforehand, which each moment he goes to, each piece he unravels is also a touchstone about who he is as a detective, his history, his history with the characters, and then about how deep the corruption goes and how he comes to understand that in this year two story. Um, Brad, looking at your clock. I know I've only got you for a little bit. Did we miss anything before we wrap it up and put a footnote in this? Oh, awesome man. Quote? Yeah, there was um, just a quick couple things. Um, sure. uh, I really enjoyed the Black Adam panel. Um, you know, The Rock 
is still into it so much, and that was great to see. And we kind of got – we couldn't have a trailer, but we kind of got a little glimpse of what the story could be. And I like that he had said, uh, tell everybody, tell Superman, tell Batman, whatever. He said that the that the balance of power has changed forever. So <laughs> that's making me thinking that this is going to have a lasting effect on the other movies going forward. So that was cool. Um Titans panel, we learned that uh, Barbara Gordon is going to be in the third season, which I think is uh, really, really cool. Um, the Shazam panel was done really well. When it started out, uh, I was like, oh, man, they can't really say anything because that, that was his whole point. Yeah, we'd like to say that, but we can't, we can't, we can't. But <laughs> how they how they revealed the title, which was, I think um, – Legacy of the God. I forget what the exact title was, um, but but how they revealed that with um, with the little girl drawing was was really was really clever and cute. So that was that was a fun panel as well. And I am super excited for the Suicide Squad game. I love Rocksteady um, and getting uh, with the other Rocksteady games, you couldn't really jump character to character. You're pretty much just Batman. So the fact that in this game you can plays different characters and you can play co-op or single player uh it's looking like it's gonna have uh something for everyone and i think it was clever that they're doing it in metropolis instead of gotham because so many all the arkham games before have dealt in gotham so we've seen gotham so getting a change of scenery in metropolis was a good idea and it looks like of course they're gonna have to hunt down and kill us the justice league they've gone bad and it looks like it has something to do with brainiac because the first shot of the trailer was looks like brainiac's big skull ship in <laughs> metropolis so uh, um yeah i'm looking forward to more information on that of course we won't be seeing that until 2022 so that's a little bit long to wait but i'm willing because i do love rocksteady games so that's <laughs> that was kind of some yeah i think that was the the biggest takeaways from the rest of those panels but man that that batman trailer blew me away it was phenomenal. Brad, I know if we had more time, we would keep chopping it up about this and all the great stuff. Instead, let's go ahead and make this a quick wrap for this special edition, a follow-up to Fandom here on DC Comics News. Brad, where can everyone find you if they have more questions about what you saw, what you didn't get a chance to talk about today? Uh, you can find me writing news and reviews at dccomicsnews.com. You can find me on the Mad Love uh, podcast as well as this uh, regular DC Comics News podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. Phenomenal. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. Uh, I'm going to make it really easy for you. Instead of platforms, you can either find me by typing into a search engine as Seth the Writer, one more Singleton, Bruno and Fiji from My Dogs, Seth Singleton Storyteller, or Storytelling with Seth. Whichever phrase sticks with you, pop it into a search engine, find me on that platform, let me know what you're thinking, what you have to say, questions you're maybe too shy to ask Brad about, and I can ask him for you. Follow up. This was a great opportunity to catch up with all of you about a great event like Fandom to make sure you never miss out on exclusive, rare, in-between, surprising content like this. Just subscribe to the DC Comics News Podcast Network, whatever your platform is, Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, big or small, you'll find us. Subscribe, never miss an episode. This, the weekly podcast, Matt uh, Love, a Harley Quinn cast, I Am the Night, the Spinner Rack, so much great content, more coming on the way, Felicky Fashions, Tropeville, you name it. Find us on your favorite social media platform at DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C O M I C S, capital N E W S, YouTube. 
Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, you name it, we're there. Send us a message. We'll get back to you. It's been a great time hanging out. We can't wait to catch up with you with more on our next episode. Until then, there's a little thing we always like to say here, and that is to always read more comics. comics. (laughs) Thanks so much, everyone. We'll catch up with you next time.